Oh, <laughs> hello. Hello. Hello again. It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm glad that we're back at it. Yes. I missed you guys so much. Me too. I, <laughs> this is the highlight of my week is sitting down and talking about movies with my friends. Yeah. I guess one of them is my wife. Yes. I'm also your friend. You're my best friend. Oh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Just kidding. Sid's my best friend. <gasps> no, Sid's my best friend. Hey, I can be everyone's best friend. Don't best worry. friend triangle. Cute. Yay. <laughs> Sid, who's your best friend? Go. If you don't say me, you're out of this podcast. It's Teddy, my dog. Um, no, that's who Teddy. hosts the podcast? <laughs> I can kick her out. But that's a fair answer. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to a very special episode of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them, the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it. There may be others where other people talk about movies and then or watch them and then talk about them, but this is the only one where we do it. My name is Andrew Westensko. I am the host of this year podcast, joined at my right hand in life and in all things by Becca. That's me. That's you. And to my left is Sid. Hey. Guys, what number episode is this? It is not a number. Oh, it's a trick question. <gasps> not a numbered episode. Oh. Um, listeners, we have noticed some interesting things in our statistics. And that is that our episodes that uh, feature us just kind of recommending movies uh, tend to do very well. So we decided to kind of lean into that. And we are introducing today a very special uh, sub-series underneath the We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them podcast label called We Watch Recommends. Uh, basically, what it is, is we are going to take a theme, and within that theme, we are each going to recommend anywhere from one to three movies. Uh, this episode will feature zero spoilers. The idea behind it is we have a theme, it could be a genre, it could be a director, it could be a country, it could be a decade, it could be whatever. And we pick a few movies from that fit that theme uh, that we think that you uh, listeners uh, would enjoy, but maybe you haven't seen yet. Um, and then you can write into our email inbox and tell us what you thought about them when you watch them. But that's the idea. These will be spoiler-free, purely recommendations. We're going to say what the movie is, a little synopsis about it, and why we think it's worth watching. And um, this episode is going up on a Monday. We wanted to highlight it since it's the very first uh, episode of We Watch Recommends. Um, but um, from here on out, these will be once monthly episodes that we will do. They will go up midweek, either during the second or third week of the month. And uh, that's how it goes. So if you have any themes that you're curious about if it's a decade if it's a director if it's a genre whatever uh but you're not sure where to start write in suggest for us a theme to do for an episode of we watch recommends and we'd be happy to do it uh the theme of this episode is our first films and that title is kind of tricky because i don't mean movies i mean films what we're going to talk about today are uh, movies that really got us into appreciating cinema as an art form more than as an entertainment medium. Uh, kind of the mission statement of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them is we want to help people who enjoy film um, 
but maybe don't know how to look at it critically, don't know what makes a film good, uh, don't know how to look at a film and say, oh, the editing here was really good, or the directing here was really good, or the cinematography. Our idea is to help people who are getting into appreciating film as an art form, like I said, more than as an entertainment medium, uh, be able to uh, first be exposed to movies that maybe they uh, wouldn't have seen otherwise, and two, help them appreciate why those are considered good movies or good films. Um, maybe help you dissect some of the themes um, all that kind of stuff. That's our mission statement as a podcast. So with this very first uh, episode of We Watch Recommends, we wanted to uh, each talk about the movies that really inspired us to start thinking of film as more than just an entertainment medium and really get into thinking critically about it and uh, using it as a method to kind of examine the world around us, change the way we think about things, broaden our horizons uh, and our perspectives on things. And that sounds cheesy because it kind of is, but that's also the point of art. So there we go. That's your introduction. Uh, we each have three movies today in this category that we're going to start with. And Becca, why don't you kick us off? All right. Um, so the first movie that I want to recommend is one of the first movies that really made me start looking at film a little differently and that is uh children of men which we have an episode on right we do episode yeah. three i think yeah so it was early or was it episode, on. no it was episode two episode two yeah it was early on in the podcast and i think that was the first time i watched it no maybe we no watched it we had seen it before yeah that's right okay anyway are we explaining what the movie's about or? yeah just give a little bit of what it's about all right so um, this movie is just about, like, the end of the world, basically. Um, like, there's been this worldwide problem of infertility, and everybody's, like, starting to freak out about it, and it takes place in England. Mm -hmm. And um, this girl becomes pregnant, and they're trying to smuggle her out to safety so that they can she can raise the child and not cause political divide and other kinds of things. That's yeah. basically what That's it's what about. That's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I think the reason why it like struck a chord with me so much is, first of all, these kind of like dystopian stories I've always really loved. Like Sid knows growing up reading Hunger Games and any other dystopian novel that I could find. The Maze Runner. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Read that. All of them. <laughs> the other one, Divergent. Them. Read that. Loved it. Enjoyed it. Uh, matched. That's one. Read that. Loved it. Enjoyed it. Now I think they're all kind of dumb. Hey. But okay. <laughs> no, I still like them, but yeah, it's fine. What are you, why are you giving me that uh, look? Are you saying Hunger Games is dumb? This friendship is over. Yep. <gasps> I'm saying that I wouldn't read it right now. Or watch the movies. But I enjoy right. the memories. Well, this is my last time on the podcast, guys. It's All been right. great. Uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> friendship over. Sad day. Anyway... Um, but like coming from like loving that through all like my teenage years and then seeing children of men, which is like 
um, maybe like a similar story, but like told at such a different level. And like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe exactly what it is about Children of Men that like made me realize it was more art and not just a story. Um, but I think it's um, a lot to do with the, the filming, like the cinematography specifically. Um, that's a movie that like I suddenly notice that cinematography is a thing and like makes movies better and like there's just so many scenes in that movie that are so memorable and amazing and like the way they're the colors are all so dark one thing I always notice colors in movies and so like the color palette is really dark and that helps you feel like the hopelessness of the movie and it really just is presented as just a piece of art. And I think watching that and coming from this background of something that I grew up with and really enjoyed, but then like seeing it take this new form was really exciting for me and made me realize like, oh, like film isn't just entertainment. Like it can be super artistic and make you think deeper about things and relate to your life more even though it's doesn't relate to your life at all you can still like pull things out of it so my first recommendation would be children of men I think it's like a good segue because it's super accessible but also has like some of those incredible um scenes the cinematography is amazing the color is amazing and it's a good segue into art great perfect Sid what's your first one my first one is, uh, I don't really feel like I need to recommend it to people because everyone has seen it, and that's The Dark Knight. Um, but that was really the movie that really got me paying attention to filmmaking and not just a movie. Um, kind of similar to Becca, um, it kind of triggered like a nostalgia for me where um, Batman and Super... Or not. Batman and Robin was one of my favorite movies as a kid. So it was so fun to see him in this gritty, dark, realistic world. Um, and I mean, I, I gushed about this movie for forever on our episode on the dark Knight. Um, but this was really the movie where I picked up on the music and just diff way different things than I would have um, prior to this. And this was really the movie that kind of awakened the cinephile in me and appreciated movies for more than just a passage of time for two hours. Um, so I really don't have much more to say because everyone knows this movie is fantastic. So, but if you haven't seen it for some reason, Oh, <laughs> go watch it right now. Gosh. Yeah, no, and that's a great one. Um, I'm actually going to keep going on that drain because I think that, uh, as far as directors who are able to convert people from uh, fans of mainstream cinema, cinema to uh, film as an art form, uh, Nolan is probably the most effective at that, honestly. Nolan makes art films on a blockbuster budget. And he's incredibly successful at it. And he gets a lot of hate, unfortunately, from like the really intense film people. But that's because they have giant sticks up their butt. And they have uh, taken this idea that uh, film is art to an extreme level and 
think that you can't enjoy movies and if you enjoy a movie that makes it bad (laughs) and they suck and those people are boring um so my first recommendation is the prestige um it's it came out um i believe between batman begins and the dark knight right and then inception came out between dark knight and dark knight rises yes is that right yeah yeah so the prestige came out immediately before the dark knight it is my favorite christopher nolan movie even today um it is the story of two uh, magicians in the 19th century um and basically their pursuit of well different things honestly um but it's this fascinating exploration of these two characters who start out as friends and become rivals and um just the the transformation that their characters go through over the course of the movie um it really made me appreciate what a story can do and the things that a, that a story can make you feel because at, at its very root and maybe this is why i like it so much better than other nolan films even and why dunkirk is actually my second favorite nolan film is that it's there's no flair like it's not a cgi uh, masterpiece the way that like interstellar is and it's not mind warping in the way that inception is like it's just an incredible story um with these fantastical elements thrown in and i think that's what it is is it made me realize what a story can make you feel and the importance of creating these deep emotional believable characters that you can just become invested in and you celebrate with them and you cry with them and even though they're rivals neither one of them is definitively the good guy or the bad guy it's just this story everybody turns out fantastic performances uh the writing is impeccable um david bowie does a fantastic job uh you got hugh jackman you got christian bale you got michael Caine. um it's just it's so good the the environment and uh the world are such large parts of the story uh you have so many outside things that affect and influence the characters the screenplay in this is just so 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 good so i think starting with this first round if you want something to appreciate cinematography check out uh children of men if you want something to appreciate you know, direction and score and sound design, check out The Dark Knight. And if you want something that's really going to make you appreciate a screenplay, check out The Prestige. All right. Let's Sweet. do let's do round two. Becca, what do you got? All right. Um, next is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Ooh. This movie is amazing. <laughs> I have so many good things to say about it. Um, it's animated and... Um, I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's adorable. It's so adorable. What's it's so the, charming. The, the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Fantastic Mr. Fox. The things that I love about it, this is when I realized... Well, what's it about? Oh, right. Um, it's 30 about... seconds. Okay, so it's about a fox who was off stealing things when he was younger and now he has a family life and he's feeling like stuck and whatever so he wants to be a thief again and he gets in trouble and he gets the whole community in a tough spot and then they work together and they get it out and they love each other 
Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I guess there were some spoilers in that. I'm sorry. And whatever. <laughs> oh, no. It's a children's novel and it has a happy ending. <laughs> anyway, um, this movie made me understand what direction means. I struggled with that a lot through this podcast and I think I mentioned it many times on the podcast that like I just didn't understand what a good director meant or what good direction added to a movie and it wasn't until I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox that I realized that and well and I guess Fantastic Mr. Fox along with all the other Wes Anderson movies that we've watched (laughs) and I realized the connection between um, like Wes Anderson's style of direction and he's absolutely my favorite director because honestly one of the biggest reasons is the color palette and I said this last time around but I really do look for colors in a movie and I want it to be beautiful when I watch it and Fantastic Mr. Fox definitely is and I don't know I it just made me realize that there is a style to direction and that I can find a style that I like, and I like Wes Anderson's style. Great. So I recommend Fantastic Mr. Fox. My five-second interjection into that would be that Fantastic Mr. Fox is an incredible example of how movies can have layers. That you can watch this movie as just a children's movie, and your kids are going to love it. Um, But you can also relate to it heavily as somebody going through a midlife crisis. So there you go. Sid, what do you got for us? Um, so my next one is Life is Beautiful. Um, oh, sorry. I just started crying a little bit. <laughs> um, so kind of before I get into what it's about, um, I'll kind of just talk about like the first time I saw it. The only reason that I saw this um, was in my English class in ninth grade. Um, she had us watch it from the get-go i loved the movie so much um now so the movie is about um a father the bulk of the movie is about a father and his son in a concentration camp um during the holocaust and it's the father's attempts to keep his son from realizing the horror that they're in and keeping him protected from anything horrible that could happen um and i think Also, this is an Italian movie. This was probably one of the first foreign movies I'd ever seen. Um, But I think what made this movie so special to me is it's just expert way of blending genres. And it's it's hilarious. It's sweet. It's heartbreaking. It's horrifying all. And it just switches so easily between the genres and the tone of it all. Um... Yeah, I don't, it was kind of like where I came out of my bubble and I was just like, oh, movies from other countries can be good as well. I don't have to just watch the same ones over and over. Um, And it's just the, the main guy, I forgot what his name is again. Um, Roberto Benigni is fantastic in it. He Didn't he get nominated for an Oscar? He won. Oh, he won the Oscar. Yeah, he won. Um he's he's just absolutely fantastic it's such a sweet movie but it's so heartbreaking and i just i really don't know a concise way of saying what really hit me with this one but i think it was just that necessarily like 
I mean, it's definitely a sad movie, but it's so much more sad because of all the happy parts in the beginning. Um, yeah, I think it just, it struck me on an emotional level that I wasn't used to. And it's just an absolutely fantastic movie and I love it so much. Great. Um, I'm going to kind of build, I said, I feel like you and I are thematically connected in all of ours. Beautiful. Because I'm going to build off of that as well, as far as picking a movie that hit me on an emotional level that I wasn't expecting and probably hadn't experienced before. Sorry, can I just say yes, one more thing? Um, I know that everyone says that Saving Private Ryan should have won over um, Shakespeare, in Love. Shakespeare in Love, but I say Life is Beautiful should have won over both of those. Hot takes. And that is my last thing that I will be saying. Great. All right. Sorry, continue. No, you're good. So talking about movies that hit us on an emotional level that... Uh, like I said, I don't think I had been exposed to, and I don't think it had hit me at any point in my life up to when I saw this for the first time. Uh, my second movie is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, this movie was written by Charlie Kaufman, um, and that is a big deal, even though I'm totally blanking on what else he wrote right now. He's just a really, really good writer. Hang on. He wrote... Um, Being John Malkovich, Syndicate. Syndicate New York. Yeah, whatever, however you say it. Um, he wrote Adaptation. He wrote um, a handful of other things. He's just a really good writer. So he wrote this movie. Um, and it is the story of a not-so-distant future where basically we have memory-altering technology. And you have the option... Uh, to go in and have a person erased from your memory. So as if they did not exist. Um, So basically, uh, it's the story of essentially Jim Carrey erasing Kate Winslet from his brain. And uh, there's more going on and there's multiple timelines and it's very confusing at times. But the resolution of this movie is so pure and sweet that it it almost goes too far, but it doesn't. Um, without giving away all of the spoilers, like I said, this movie um, is in the top echelon of movies that have affected the way that I think about life. And... Um, the way that I approach situations and the way that I approach uh, change and, um, you know, people entering and leaving your life and good and bad experiences and all of these things. I didn't expect a movie to, one, hit me at that emotional level and two, uh, be the impetus for me to consider these things. Like Eternal Sunshine, like this is going to sound really overly dramatic because it is, but like Eternal Sunshine is literally the reason that I got over my first girlfriend. (laughs) And that's not an exaggeration at all. Like I was a a gosh darn mess for just months and months and months after we broke up. And then I saw this and like literally because of the message that this movie carries, I was able to like move on. Like, that's the impact that this movie had on me. And I think that whether you're an overly emotional high schooler or an adult watching it for the first time, it can have that impact on you because change is something that's constant. And 
Like your life is always changing and people are always entering and leaving your life. And sometimes it can be stressful and uh, just really discouraging to think about, you know, uh, really people entering and leaving your life, whether by choice or because of circumstance. And this movie really helped me cope with a lot of that. And so if you're looking for a movie, again, to hit you on an emotional level that maybe you didn't think you were prepared for, um, or that you didn't expect as well as to make you consider things. Um, and again, I guess a common thread back to the prestige as well is just like the power of a story and the power of characters. Uh, the screenplay in this movie is just astounding. Um, but that is my pick is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. All right. Last round, Becca, what do you got for us? All right. Uh, well, this one is my emotional movie, I guess. So I guess I put it on the wrong round. Um, <laughs> my last pick is a ghost story um this movie is a perfect 10 for me we haven't done an episode on it but we will someday like this this is the first movie that i watched that i was like that like personally like really really meant something to me and like i don't know it's weird to explain but like i feel like this movie like is everything that I love and enjoy and like when I watch it it feels like myself like reflective almost if that makes sense so anyway a ghost story is about um so it's Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara and he dies in a car accident and becomes a ghost in a white sheet with holes for the eyes and it just kind of follows him and life and like what it means to like care about someone and remember someone and what that means in the whole scheme of everything so it's pretty deep and pretty abstract honestly um but I feel like I've always enjoyed like abstract art and abstract things and this was the first time that I felt like I watched a fairly abstract movie and felt a super emotional connection to it. Um, so I love this movie for a lot of reasons. Like I think it's composed really well. The story is really good. It's super emotional. Um, the music is amazing. Um, the, what's it called? Aspect ratio. Yeah. Is that what it is? Mm, fancy. Yeah. Like, I love how that's set up, how it's like the corners are all rounded. Like, I don't know. Just everything about this movie feels like me. There's a lot of really bold stylistic choices. Yeah. And that feels like a, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't really know how to explain it. It feels like a weird thing to say that like when I watch a movie, it feels like me in it's reflective form but it's reflective of your personality and your views and yeah that is i mean it's it's meaningful yeah so i would definitely recommend this movie i'm sure that not everybody would like it i guess because it is like yeah it's It's pretty pretty abstract it's pretty abstract but i think it's really really meaningful and to me it has similar themes to like coco (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Which is a more accessible movie. But yeah, just the idea that like someone exists as long as you remember them. And I think 
that's important to remember. Yeah. Great. Sid, what is your last pick? My last pick is Call Me By Your Name. Um, and this one is about um, a boy, Elio, who lives in Italy. And over the summer, his father has a grad student come help him on some of his stuff. And these two beautiful, beautiful men fall in love. Um, I, I've been trying to kind of figure out why this movie resonated with me so much because I am neither a boy nor gay. Nor do you live in Italy. Nor, unfortunately, I do not live in Italy. Um, but there was, I can't remember which, what YouTube video it was now, but he summed it up perfectly in that it's because I can't relate to it at all. That's why it strikes a chord with me. I don't know. It just kind of opened my eyes to different lifestyles and different sexualities and how it can affect your lives completely differently. And, and also I think a large thing is I'm not the biggest fan of romance movies. And I think part of it is because like I would watch them and then I'd be sad because I'm still single. But I think in this one, because it's not involving a woman, I could connect easier to it. I like didn't feel like my defense is coming up to it. Um, so I think I could just like really just like kind of imagine myself in their relationship and kind of like bask in it. Um, so I think it, it was partly eye-opening to some to a different love story that I hadn't really seen before and it just helped me connect to them so much more without my own personal defenses coming up um this is really the movie that like really really got me into into movies in like the last few years it just like really kind of reawakened how much I love them and what I can love them for other than just like a fun movie to watch um, the, I mean, the acting is incredible. I would say across the board, there's really only like one extra who I laugh at him every time, but he's really the only one who's not a great actor. Um, it's just the, the music that Sufjan writes for this is absolutely oh. fantastic. <laughs> I, I can't get over it. The music that he wrote. I mean, I love Sufjan and anything he writes, but the music he wrote for this is amazing. And you tie it into the story and it just increases it tenfold. Should have won best best original song, in my opinion. Well, the wrong song was nominated. That's what you say. I I mean, I love both of them, but I think Mystery of Love kind of encapsulates the whole movie, whereas... Visions of Gideon encapsulates. It's just a better song. It is a better song, but it encapsulates the last twenty minutes of the movie. The okay, I'll I'll make a quick comment about "Call Me by Your Name" uh, because we will do an episode on it as well at some point. Um, it is masterfully written and directed. Luca Guadagnino. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, it's about close. Um is a genius and i don't I, I don't know what he did before call me by your name i've seen um a bigger splash 
Um, and that one's pretty good. And I one of his other movie, I Am Love, is on my list for this year. Okay. So they're pretty good. They're just like not Suspiria or Call In Me any by case, Your Name. he must have freaking leveled up with Call Me By Your Name because Call Me By Your Name and then following it up the following year with Suspiria. Dude is somebody to watch at this point. He is a masterful director and in total control of his movies. And you can see his creative vision coming through. Um, and specifically, the last, I guess, five minutes it would be mm-hmm. of Call Me By Your Name is some of the best filmmaking I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And without it even being close, Call Me By Your Name has the best uh, credits sequence of any movie that I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The closing credits in it is just mind-blowing. So, so amazing. Um, so that's what I'll say about Call Me By Your Name. Uh-huh. Um yeah i let me uh i just had a thought about it um oh pretty much i mean i i love this movie i read the book afterwards it's it's just a very it just like kind of sweeps you off your feet i mean it's filmed in italy which is just gorgeous it's just everything feels very dreamlike and it just feels like you're just kind of like in paradise (laughs) and you really get wrapped up in it but then just like in the last five ten minutes it's just a gut punch and i mean i won't but it's astounding it's so amazing and timothy chalamet is absolutely incredible dude in makes it. a statement in this movie like he is incredible oh my gosh like i love him so much and i will never not have a mental breakdown listening to visions of gideon Visions of Gideon being one of the two uh, songs that indie darling Sufjan Stevens wrote for the soundtrack of Call Me By Your Name. We love him so much. He did not win Best Original Song because it went to Coco, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Which? It's a fine song. It's better than Greatest Showman, so. It's true. I'll say that. Or, uh. There was like some. It was the Netflix one. Like the Mary J. Blige yeah, song. Yeah, that was a bad song. I don't know. Um. Pretty much, I would recommend this to anyone. The only thing that would be a hang-up for people is that it involves a gay romance. And all I have to say to that is um, quit being a dick and get over your homophobia. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. No, uh, final thoughts about that. Uh, Really, what's so magical about Call Me By Your Name is that it is a romance movie presented as a romance movie. And it doesn't... uh, present it as anything different than that just because it is between two men Mm -hmm. it's like um if you watch it and you're uncomfortable maybe that's because you have some stuff to work out Mm -hmm. um because it's not presented any differently than any other romance movie between a man and a woman yeah sorry one more thing um you just reminded me that really like in a lot of other movies that involve a gay romance it will involve like society pushing against them or, I mean, like, with Bohemian Rhapsody, there's, like, an AIDS diagnosis. So, a lot of these movies that do involve um, same-sex couples, it there are other things keeping them apart. Which, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for this movie. But it really is just, like, a normal romance movie. And that's all it is. There's nothing really pulling these two boys apart. And it's just... Yeah. That's... It's... A, there you go. I'm we'll do We'll do an it's episode amazing. on it. Don't worry, Oh, Sid. my gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, my last pick is, again, a movie that is very responsible for 
um, me seeing things in a different light, uh, specifically family and um, how I want to raise my children, the world that I want to bring them up in. Uh, my final movie is Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life. Uh, this is, spoiler alert, uh, my favorite movie of all time. Um, it is hands down a 10 out of 10. You can hear about detailed thoughts in our episode uh, dedicated to The Tree of Life. Um, the basic story of it, it follows uh, very loosely the story of uh, family in small town Texas in uh, middle of the 20th century. Um that's very loose. Uh, it's more like a series of vignettes uh, with uh, different um, kind of voiceovers happening. Uh, the characterization doesn't happen by like what the character... I guess you just witness the characters living their lives and then the real story and themes come through in the voiceover and narration. It's very abstract, very art house. Um, but don't let that deter you. Um, really uh, take the time to watch it because if you take the time to watch it and to think about it and to think about what it's saying, um, it's something that can really, uh, I think affect you in a, in a deep and meaningful way. It definitely did for me. Um, there's a sequence about 20 or 30 minutes into the film that is one of the more spectacular things that I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and may seem like a non sequitur, but is very thematically connected to everything else. Um, basically the story at its highest level is about, uh, the battle between good and evil within each and every person. Uh, basically we, we all have instincts that push us one way or another, depending on the situation and nobody is entirely good or entirely bad. But, um, basically the idea is that we need to strive to, um, allow the good in us to shine through as much as possible, uh, because that will create a world and an environment for the people around us that will be better, um, and more positive. And that sounds like some hippie shit. I just realized, but like, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but I promise it's really good. Um, no, it like, I don't want to get too much into it because you should just watch it and then go listen to our episode. Um, this is an example, 100% of what we're trying to do with the podcast. Like I said, we're trying to help introduce people to films that they may not have seen and help them to appreciate at a deeper level films that they do enjoy. So I think that this is, this one specifically is a really fantastic opportunity of a movie to go watch and then listen to our episode about it uh, because we really break down what makes it so good and um, why it's so impactful, if not. I, it is, I think it's enjoyable. Not everybody would feel that way. But we break down why it's impactful and why it's important. Um, and then after that, you can go check out the rest of Malik's work uh, because dude is a genius. Um, and yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, we did each inadvertently cho- cho- <laughs> chose. We each inadvertently chose. That, that I don't know why I couldn't say that. <laughs> um, a movie that we had done an episode on already. So, and I think also um, The Dark Knight and Children of Men are really good ones that are very accessible and Mm -hmm. plenty of people have especially seen The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. Um, And we have episodes on those as well talking about how they are more than just entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, So Dark Knight, Children of Men, and Tree of Life are all good movies to watch and then hear more about our thoughts on 
why they are art. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. This is how these uh, recommend episodes are going to work. They're going to be kind of rapid fire. Um, but if you're interested in these, go check them out and then let us know what you thought about them. You can contact us via email, contact at wewatchpodcast.com. You can hit us up at facebook.com slash wewatchpodcast, Instagram at wewatchpodcast. Um, and we will, we'd love to continue the conversation there. Um, again, if you have a theme that you would like us to discuss in any, in any future, uh, we watch recommends episodes, uh, we'd be more than happy to do so. Just let us know and, and we'll put it on the docket. Um, anything else you guys want to say? Nope. Nope. All right. Just when this episode comes out, um, the next week will be October. Yeah. Uh, next week, next week we will be kicking off, uh, this year's 31 days of October. Uh, you can get more information about that by going to 31 days of October.com. Um, it will break down kind of the uh, methodology behind this year's uh, 31 Days of October. We're doing it way differently than we have in the past. There is no calendar. There's no, like, this day we're watching this movie, that day we're watching that movie. We have divided the month into five weeks. Each week has a theme attached to it, and there are a handful of movies for each of those weeks. Uh, you can pick and choose which ones you want to watch if something sounds interesting to you. And then we will have... Two episodes, one in the middle of the month and one at the end of the month, uh, kind of uh, going over each of the movies that we watched. And then each week we will cover one of the movies that is in that grouping. So uh, once again, that is 31daysofoctober.com. You can go to that website, um, uh, which I built. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can go to go. Yeah, 31daysofoctober.com. That'll give you information on all the movies that we're watching, what the themes are, what the dates are, and also information on where you can stream them. So, that's that. Anything else you guys want to say? Thanks for listening. We Thank love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you uh, next week and then in future on other episodes of We Watch Recommends. My name's Andrew. I'm Becca. I'm Sid. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.